It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Uh, you You're know not what? Selling it right? Yeah, you didn't sell it right. Yeah, you didn't sell it right. You could have. You could have said a 28 year old wasn't born, or you know, mm-hmm. say something interesting, yeah. or whatever. 26 year old, whatever the heck it would be, but it, not not said the right way. All right, always said the right way. Uh, our Eagles reporter, Sixers reporter, covers it all for us here at WIP. Eagles go to training camp today, and of course, John Elliott Shore Park's coming up in just a moment. But let's also say. About today's show. Today's show brought to you by Bet Parks. Make futures birds bets now on the Bet Parks Sportsbook app. Bet total birds wins and league MVP on the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app where odds, bets, slots, and games all come together. Download now. You must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLE. All right, as Eagles get ready for the start of a new year, believe it or not, I think we're about to begin with 2018, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Elliot with us. Good morning, Elliot. What's going on? How you guys doing? All right, Elliot, why would I start a 2023 training camp day with you with 2018? What, what, what could possibly be the tie-in to Trey Turner today? Take a guess. Well, I mean, 2018 was obviously the last time they came off a Super Bowl, and yeah. the season was a disaster, so yeah. maybe that's it. All right, yeah. so you're, 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 you're kind of getting to it. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was a fiasco in 2018 and, and, and got to the show. Oh, hold on, 2016. God, John, slap me, man. It's 2016 Aguilar had his thing. Oh, can I? Well, you're nah. too far away in there. <laughs> All right, Elliot, here's what I'm trying to get at, man. So, obviously, Trey last night had a moment, and it's in the midst of a struggling season. In 2016, Aguilar was so bad. Now, expectations were high, and then he was a first-round pick, but not $300 million guy. Take us back to your memory of what the Aguilar thing was, how he got out of it, because here's the deal. We want to see Trey Turner play better. The whole town's talking about him this morning. What do you make comparatively of how the Eagles handled the Aguilar thing and what the Phillies should do with Trey Turner? Yeah, I think what I remember most about the Nelson Aguilar situation was just credit for how he, he handled it. I mean, obviously coming as a first-round pick, tough to compare to the $300 million contract, but he's an Eagle, so that's a lot more pressure off the jump than it is to be a Philly. So the spotlight was on him in an intense way. And being in the locker room every day, uh, just, you know, frankly, he never, like, shied away from questions. He was always at his locker. Uh, there was the one time they benched him, but he was always very talented. Like he was always a great route runner. He had great speed. Obviously his hands early on uh, were an issue. 
And so I think with Trey Turner, like he's obviously extremely talented. And if the Nelson Aguilar thing taught me anything, it's that talent does win out. I mean, Aguilar has had a very, you know, successful, lucrative NFL career. It wasn't like the one or two years, a year and a half where he struggled, completely tanked him. So I don't know Trey Turner. I don't know how he would handle this personally, but I give Aguilar credit for fighting through. And I think talent always eventually wins out. So you do expect Trey to bounce back this season, Elliot? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Like, look, I think like most people, I'm sitting here every night and waiting for it. Um, yeah, it seems like he's turned around a little recently. But, yeah, I, I think that, I, like, I would think he would. Would you play him tonight? Or is it like, yes, uh, t- I, well, time to soak that. your head and take a day off day? I would absolutely play him. I wouldn't continue to drop him in the lineup. I think that, honestly, the lineup in baseball is probably overrated in terms of the order. I think this is about showing confidence in Trey Turner. The Eagles did bench Aguilar once, but outside of that, they kept giving him reps. They stuck with him. They didn't cut him. They didn't trade him. Like, I think what Trey Turner needs is to feel that the organization still believes in him. And I think sitting him, dropping him in the lineup, like, that's not, in my yeah. opinion, how I would handle Elliot it. Elliot Parks with us. All right, Elliot, let's get to the birds. They, they report to camp today. They play a game in about two weeks. Before we get into parts of the team and all those good things, can you just walk us through – the next couple of days and what is on the horizon, including what exactly do they do today? What is first day like tomorrow and just what's up ahead? Yeah. So today's the day they, they officially report. Um, I think the expectation is that everybody will report, but obviously with every team, when you have to report, you know, we'll see, right. I I think everyone will, but that'll be, I guess the big news for today. If they do get full attendance, they'll have a team meeting. They'll do, you know, checking with the doctors, they'll get ready. And then tomorrow is really when it begins. Nick Sirianni will talk at around 9.30 tomorrow morning. Practice will be at 10 a.m. And then, you know, we have the schedule for the first week or so, week and a half. And one major difference I noticed is, like, they're basically every other day now. I believe last year they were two days on, and then they would have a walkthrough or a day off or those things. <laughs> we're, we're there tomorrow, then we're there Friday, then we're there Sunday, then we're there Tuesday. So there are walkthroughs in between those. But early on, at least, it feels like compared to last year, uh, not as many like full practices. Wow! As they so, so they r- dialed it back even from so Rich- last season. Richie just rolled his eyes, Elliot, when you said <laughs> I'm that. I'm trying not to. Yeah, I'm but- trying to be supportive. It's not easy. I like. Well, I am so thing- jealous. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's upsetting for me. I love being at camp, but I, I think that That's true. You, it, you look at the last few years. So in 2021, Sirianni's first year. Jalen Hurts did around 460 reps, like first team seven on seven, 11 on 11 reps. Last year, he did around 415 reps, so a slight depth. I'll be looking this year to see how many reps he ends up doing. If these practices they're doing, he ends up getting the same amount of reps over, you know, however many they, they have, then it's not a big deal. I think ultimately what matters is they're getting team reps. They're getting, you know, the, the important part of practice in. But I'll be interested to see with, with – Early on, what looks like a bit of a lighter schedule coming off the Super Bowl, how many reps he ends up getting during the Elliot, game. Sirianni will talk, as you mentioned, tomorrow at 9.30. We're going to carry that press conference live here on WIP during our show. He's going to be asked about Hurts playing time in the preseason. Just give me your prediction before he even addresses anything. And he won't answer the question tomorrow anyway. But Yeah. Gut, do, gut, 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 gut feeling. Will Hurts, will Hurts take a snap in a preseason game? Yeah, I think that Hurts will probably play a series or two. Uh, one noteworthy thing is the past two years they've had four uh, joint practices, two times against each team, uh, two teams, so four total practices. This year they only have three, so maybe that's a chance for uh, – they only have one against the Colts. Maybe he'll get some reps, probably not in that final game. 
but in one of the first two games. I would think you'll mm. see him for a series, series and a half, in part, or not a half, but part of the reason for that is I think they're going to want Cam Jurgens out there. And if you're going to have Cam Jurgens out there, you're probably going to have the starting offensive line. And if the starting offense, offensive line's out there, you want your quarterback. So I, my guess is a series or, or two for, uh, for her. Too. All right, Elliot, there's, there's often some position battles of note. Now, we know most Eagle starters are pretty locked in, but give us the top you know, two or three position battles entering camp that are up for grabs and what's really intriguing about this camp. So I actually think there's a lot more position battles than people think. This roster is loaded and they're very deep, but I think on defense and then at some spots on offense, there's probably like five total positions where there, it's not a lock who's going to be there. Obviously, linebacker, we know right now it's N'Kobe Dean and Nicholas Moreau, but Christian Ellis has had an impressive offseason. I think that's somewhere where you could see a change. At safety, Terrell Edmonds and Reed Blankenship, I think, will be out there snap one uh, tomorrow. But I think Sidney Brown's someone that they really want out there, and they're going to try to find a role for him. Mm-hmm. Defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox is going to be an honorary starter. But in terms of those snaps, they would prefer, I would assume, to have Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter leading the teams in snap, in snap at defensive tackle. This wow. Year. Will, uh, will Jordan Davis be out there tomorrow? Will it be Jalen Carter? Who's going to be starting next to Fletcher? And then on offense, the third receiver spot, is Quez going to hold on to it? Or at running back, are they going to go with a committee? Or are they going to go with the top guy? So loaded roster, one of the best in the NFL. But I think more training camp battles than people uh, realize. And what about the tight end spot? Elliot, the, the backup tight end spot, I should say. Uh, yeah. Yep. So so Dallas Goddard, obviously, the number one tight end. They have really liked Jack Stoll in the past. I think he's improved a little bit as a pass catcher, but he's never going to be a dynamic pass catching tight end. That's just not his skill set. He doesn't have the physical tools to do it. So behind him is Grant Calcaterra, uh, rookie last year. I think a better receiving tight end uh, than Jack Stoll but nowhere near as good of a blocker, and I'll be interested to see how much he's improved in his development since last year. Tyree Jackson, someone I think can be very good if he can stay healthy. We'll see if he can stay healthy throughout camp. And then they have a few other that uh, that they've brought in, some undrafted free agents, some veterans. So I think that Goddard obviously will be number one, but that number two on spot is wide open. I think it's really interesting. You talk about Fletcher Cox being an honorary starter at D-Tackle. I've heard a lot of people talk about Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, the way they were pair- paired up previously You know, at the college level, mm-hmm. working well next to one another because their skill sets are so different. But how realistic is it to expect that Jordan Davis can actually be out there on the field as much as we perceive a starter needs to be out there? I don't know if it's realistic because I don't know if he can rush the passer. And we can talk about how, you know, when he's on the field, the run defense for those few snaps has played better. And I, I will say when I saw him in the offseason, he looked like he's in great shape. I think the foot injury last year really impacted uh, his season. I mean, it essentially ended it after it happened, even though he did take some snaps after. We're going to see if he can rush the passer this year because Milton Williams, who didn't get a lot of playing time these past years, he can really rush the passer. Not as great against the run, but he gets after the passer. He disrupts the pocket up the middle. Jordan Davis has to show he can do that. Fletcher Cox can absolutely do that. We saw that last year. Jalen Carter hasn't played, but he's supposed to be able to do that. If Jordan Davis cannot impact the passer up the middle, he will not be in the top three of snaps on this team among the defensive tackle position. Frankly, he might not even be in the top four which how, with how much they really like Marlon Tuopoloto, who's really good against the run as well. So Jordan Davis is going to be given that chance to get snaps. 
But no, I don't have a ton of confidence that he'll end up mm. uh, being a top playmaker. For you know, him. Elliot, we're, one of the things we're talking today about is if you could undo the Trey Turner contract, would you? You know, be able to sign other players with that money. Let's just apply a similar hypothetical to Jordan Davis. If the Eagles could undo that draft pick and have that pick back to sign some to draft someone else, they would, right? So I think the logic behind it is still a smart logic. Like the process I think is still good. You take an ultra athletic defensive lineman. There's just not many people that size. Like I get the logic behind it, but even at the time, I remember being at the draft show and saying, you don't draft run stopping nose tackles that high in the draft. And that's basically what he is. I know they don't technically play a three, four as much, but he's basically a nose tackle. You'd have to go back and look at the board, but Yeah, I mean, I I would be surprised if Jordan Davis ends up being worth a top 15 pick. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Elliot, someone said to me yesterday, um, after talking to someone that uh, knows Sean Desai from from his past, he said to me, uh, for those of you that didn't like Jonathan Gannon not blitzing much and the way he ran the Eagles defense, he said, wait till you see Sean Desai. He's going to really not blitz much. What do you know about Desai? What can we expect with him and his first-year defensive coordinator? I don't think there's going to be much of a difference between what uh, Gannon did and what Sean decided. Like, if we're expecting Sean Desai to come in here and stop elite quarterbacks consistently, then there's going to be disappointment once again. When it comes to the blitz percentage, I know that was a hot topic. They got after the quarterback last year and created a ton of stats. So, if, if the defensive line plays as well, he's not going to need to blitz. If it comes week four or five and we're saying he absolutely has to blitz more, you're not getting pressure, this defense is in big trouble anyway. So mm. I don't think you're going to see a much different defensive scheme from Sean Desai. I know he talked at his introductory press conference about wanting to have a defense that represents the city. and the, I think that's just making up for stuff Cannon didn't say. I don't think you're going to see a major difference. And I'll say this, too, that if you look at the past 10 Super Bowl champions, so 10 teams, two coordinators each. Really only one was a true first-time coordinator where he's first year with the team, not a ton of experience. So we can talk about the linebacker position and all this. The biggest concern with this team is those coordinators because they are unproven. And history has shown Mm -hmm. it is very, very hard to win a Super Bowl when you have two first-year coordinators. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm the leader of the Jonathan Gannon hate parade, as you well know, Elliot. And I'm I think, the leader of the fan club. I'm I know you are. You and I you and I talk a lot during the season. <laughs> the biggest misnomer, I think, of the people who don't it was is not they had seventy sacks last year. It wasn't it was more about the back end of the defense. And you and I have talked about that repeatedly. That's where I'd like to see a little bit, you know, tighter, different kind of a defense. Yeah, so my I think their philosophy, which I agree with it, was by the playing more of an off coverage, they let their defensive backs see the ball in front of them, which created turnovers. And in the first half of the year, that did really work. Now, in the Super Bowl, you know, other games, although there were not many games they got torched, but in the Super Bowl, yes, I will agree with you. Like the back end of that defense adjustments, those were Gannon's flaws. I just, like if we're expecting Sean Desai to come in here 
and have like these magnificent schemes are going to shut down elite quarterback. Like there just are not many coordinators walking this earth that can shut down Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So we'll see what maybe minor adjustments he brings. But philosophically, he is still hired by Nick Sirianni. He was hired by Howie Roseman. He was hired by Jeffrey Lurie. And they believe in not giving up big plays. So I just don't think they would have hired somebody that's going to be running a ton of like cover zero and blitzes and like mm. leaving the secondary wide open. So by the end of training camp, Elliot, who will our favorite running back be on this Eagles roster? I would be very surprised if it isn't DeAndre Swift. First of all, he wears number zero. We all know people are going to love that. It's the first time a player is wearing it. <laughs> is it He's zero or double zero? <laughs> it is straight up zero. No Just double zero. zero yet. Yeah. Has Just anyone ever zero. been zero point zero? Because Kevin Duckworth was double zero, no but I'm, I'm waiting for a decimal well, in there at no, some point. No if they keep retiring all these numbers, pretty soon we'll have to do something about <laughs> yeah. it. But um, I also think Swift is someone that's meant to look awesome in training camp. He's very elusive in space. Uh, I think they're going to throw it to him uh, more. That's definitely also one thing I'll be tracking. If you look these past few years, their running backs just don't catch the, the ball a ton, not only in the regular season, but in training camp either. So I'm going to mm. definitely be comparing how many targets he's getting to compared to Miles Sanders. So I think Swift, a local guy, exciting. Like I, I would be very surprised if at the end of camp there isn't a ton of excitement about Swift and what he can do. All right, Elliot, I can't believe we're going to end with a punter, but we're going to end with the punter. <laughs> um, it matters. It might have cost him a Super Bowl last year, and we knew all year it was a problem. Elliot, about two or three weeks ago, Howard guaranteed us that Aaron Sipos would not be the punter on this team this year. We're two weeks closer to the start of the season. They don't have a new dude. What's up? You know, I, I know you start that question tongue-in-cheek, like I can't believe we're talking about the punter, but I honestly think you could do an entire show about what a mistake this team might be making with the punter. Like, we all saw last year this was an issue. And, you know, we talked about the Super Bowl at length. After the game, we did the re rewind last week. That play was massive. That yeah. poor punt is, is one of the top four or five reasons they lost that game. Now, I know that he is comfortable. I know that Jake Elliott is comfortable with Aaron Sipos holding the snaps. But you know what, man? Like, you got to get over it. Like, other people can hold the snaps. They're out there. Uh, you know, I see on Instagram all the time. He's still holding for Jake Elliott. They're practicing together. So I think the expectation is that this is very much his job to lose. Now, if he has a bad first two or three weeks of training camp, could they make a move? Yes. But, I mean, he's a veteran player at this point. I would think that the chances of him having a really bad training camp are slim. So I think at this point, and I obviously, you know, far be it for me to, to question Howard, but unless someone gets cut at the end of training camp, I would just be surprised because Jake Elliott seems very comfortable uh, with him as his holder. I, but they do have another punter on their roster. There's yeah. some guy named Ty Zentner. Yeah, but what struck me is, I mean, Howard guaranteed it. Like, that had to come from somewhere. Hmm. You know, well, I think they're, they're willing to make a move, obviously. But I just I find it hard to believe that they're going to bring him into camp. I mean, now I will say Howie Roseman very rarely has two punters on the 90-man roster. So they are open to doing it. I just think that we're, we're set up to fall back into the same thing that they've done the past years, which is, like, Jake, Jake Elliott likes this guy holding his kicks. And we can talk about punting, and it's important. It definitely is. If they have issues with the operation, with like field goals, that becomes a massive deal. If like, so that yeah, you go sign Coy Detmer. Let let Coy be an extra roster spot. He I could agree always with hold. You. I agree with you, but yeah. Jake just Elliott don't don't, don't have a four tight end active on game day. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But All right, Elliot, they, they we, we end, we end with tongue-in-cheek. Elliot, uh, we'll see you out there a ton. We're going to obviously have you on, I don't know, maybe almost every day during training camp. Thanks, buddy. Can't wait. Yep, talk to you, man.